Welcome to Following the Way. We're a podcast that's all about following Jesus and learning his way for our lives. We believe that scripture reveals this way and invites us to follow. We're glad you're with us as we seek together. Well, hello, we're back for part two of looking at Hebrews 13 as we come to the end of this study that we've been uh, doing in the book of Hebrews. And I know for sure that this podcast, unless something flips here uh, as we're doing it, but this uh, is going to be the last podcast uh, that we have going through the book of Hebrews. And I trust that you've really enjoyed it. I, I've been really blessed as I've uh, just spent a little bit more time focusing intently on Hebrews and unpacking it a little bit. And, and really, though, I feel like we've still just done very much a bird's eye view uh, well, maybe a little bit closer than that, but we've we certainly uh, you could spend a you could spend a podcast just unpacking a verse or two of each chapter, and so you know thinking about that, we could probably spend a year in Hebrews, and not that that wouldn't be a bad thing. But uh, sometimes we also want to um, you know what I guess maybe one thing that I want to do is whet your appetite uh, for a book like this. And then out of that, it would lead you to actually go even deeper uh, yourself to spend time uh, in this book and to to chew on verses and to really allow the Lord to speak to you about what he would have in that. And then, you know, I, I want to keep going on to some other topics, some other books, and and again, just wedding appetites uh, in other, other places of scripture. So... Um, Trust that that maybe is what's happening for some of you, that it's causing you to have a deeper love and affection for Hebrews and uh, and that you're going to come away from this uh, wanting to do a little bit more uh, intentional study of this book and uh, seeing what the Lord would have for you. So uh, we, we left off at the end of verse 10 on the last uh, episode, and now we're, we're getting into... Um, you know, what I feel is is some more explanation, if you will, of um, what it means to to live according to, uh, in light of the sacrifice that Jesus has made to live in his grace and to not live by the law and in any sort of works-based uh, system in our lives, which we are still very, very tempted and inclined to do, where we think that we can uh, do just enough in order to be good enough, or that we can somehow uh, in ourselves, we can accomplish and achieve enough for God uh, to accept us. And and again, because we, le- we live in a culture that is completely obsessed with achievement-based thinking, and 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 you do it. You, you accomplish things in yourself, and if you don't, uh, you're in trouble, and it's up to you. And so, it re- we really struggle then to have to come to the gospel, which says none of it's about you, all of it's about Christ. And in fact, you're called to surrender and to lay down your life and to live totally countercultural in that way and to rely on uh, the merits of Jesus and not on yourself. Uh, not, not that it doesn't call us to live to holiness. It does. It actually calls us to a very high calling, but that calling is surrender to Jesus, not to try to make it about ourselves. And so that's really a major 
part of the gospel message that is a real challenge for us uh, in light of of what we are inclined to think in in our culture and how we've been how we've been raised and, and what we've been led to believe and 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 that's ramping up continually around us and so I'm just going to read uh, going on to verse 11 it says the high priest carries the blood of animals into the most holy place as a sin offering but the bodies are burned outside the camp so again writers talking about the sacrificial system and so Jesus also suffered outside the city gate to make the people holy through his own blood. So maybe I just want to pause here and just um, maybe give us a picture of what the writer is saying here. And what he's saying is that what was happening in the sacrificial system that God had set up for the people in order to to be cleansed of their sins, that was a picture uh, a foreshadowing of what Jesus was going to come and do for us. And so in that way, metaphorically, uh, well, and, and not even not even totally metaphorically, actually, because Jesus did suffer on the cross outside of Jerusalem. And so he's, he's drawing this comparison. And he says, so let us then, in verse 13, he says, let us then go to him outside the camp, bearing the disgrace he bore, for here we do not have an enduring city, but we are looking for the city that is to come. Through Jesus, therefore, let us continually offer to God a sacrifice of praise, the fruit of lips that confess his name, and do not forget to do good and to share with others, for with such sacrifices God is pleased. Obey your leaders and submit to their authority. They keep watch over you as men who must give an account. Obey them so that their work will be a joy, not a burden, for that would be of no advantage to you. Pray for us. We are sure that we have a clear conscience and desire to live honorably in every way. I particularly urge you to pray so that I may be restored to you soon. May the God of peace, who through the blood of the eternal covenant brought back from the dead our Lord Jesus, the great shepherd of the sheep, equip you with everything good for doing his will. And may he work in us what is pleasing to him through Jesus Christ, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. We'll leave the last three verses or four verses. I may just uh, briefly touch on those as we end, but I think... um, those last two verses there are powerful about what it calls us to. And this is really what it's about. This is what living under the grace of the Lord Jesus, which calls us to identify with him, which calls us to live surrendered, which calls us to come and die to ourselves, that that is the gospel that... Um, we, we see all throughout the New Testament and we need to receive and internalize. And so the writer starts by saying that actually, and, and do you know, do, do we realize this? That the gospel calls us, it says, to go and be willing. Not, no, sorry, not even just be willing, to actually just bore the disgrace that Jesus bore. Like we identify with him in his death. It's not about us this is about him and we are willing whatever it takes. And this is what he's saying to the people that he's writing to. Whatever it takes, it doesn't matter. 
You, whatever it takes to follow Jesus, whatever, do it. However you have to identify with him, if it's even to the point of losing your life, it's worth it for Jesus. Because we're not living for this enduring city, uh, for an enduring city on earth. We're not living, there, there's no enduring city on this earth that we're living for, which is again why, you know, earlier on in Hebrews 13, where he, he can say like, keep yourself from the love of money and be content with what you have. Look to God's provision. Don't get wrapped up and don't get consumed by sexual immorality. Don't justify sexual immorality. Keep your marriage pure. Why? Because we're living for an eternal city to come. We're looking for the city that is to come, the heavenly Jerusalem. We're not we're not looking to this earth as it is for uh for 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 our motivation to live. And so it's because of this, it's through Jesus then that that as we're we're living for him. We just, we're to continually offer God a sacrifice of praise. And it says the fruit of lips that confess his name. So that, that is, that's talking about all manner of testimony to Jesus. That is referring to something as um, basic as, as coming together as the people of God and declaring his praise with our lips, regardless of how we feel. We declare the goodness of Jesus. We declare the faithfulness of God because uh, we're, we're offering a sacrifice of praise again. And it's a sacrifice, meaning we are giving of ourselves. It doesn't even matter how I feel. I just do it. But th- that's that's the, a basic interpretation of it. But it's also just testifying to the goodness of Jesus with our lives. Again, it's it's living for him. It's, it's you know, Jesus says, when he says in the Gospels, where he says, you know, if, if you deny me before men, what, what do you think, what's the expectation, you know, how would, how would, if you're, if you're going to deny me in front of men, you know, I, I'm going to deny you in front of my father because you didn't know me. And so there's this, this faithfulness that calls us to offer that the fruit of our lips, that, that, you know, what our lips produce again, fruit. So, so what's being produced out of our lips because of our hearts being changed by his grace. We have, we have fruit on our lips that confess his name in all manner of circumstances in our lives. And, and so, and, and then of, of, you know, as, of course, uh, as well as that, um, don't, don't forget to do good. He says, right. We're to share with others. We're to be a generous people. Generosity is meant to mark the people of God, which again, think of this in the context of Hebrews. These are people who are going through suffering, persecution. They've been dispersed and they're all throughout the Roman empire. They're not living cushy, Western affluent lives. They're living lives that are, are hard and difficult. And they're being told, share with others, do good. (laughs) This is what marks the people of Jesus. And, and what else marks them is submission to authority, which that's a hot button topic today. And that's like, Ooh, don't, don't touch that in the church. But here it says that leaders actually have to give an account for those who watch over them. And so 
don't don't make their calling and their responsibility a burden. Rather make it make it a joy because if you don't, it's no advantage to you. So so there, you know, again, look at the positive. If we obey and submit to our leaders and we submit to authority and we we make that a joy and we and we're willing to live like that, there's an advantage to us. There's actually an advantage in how God will work through us, how God will bless us, how we will have unity with Christ because we're following his way. The way of Jesus is submission to his father. The way of Jesus again and again was submission to authority. So when we walk in that, we're actually aligning ourselves with the way of Jesus. And there will be great blessing in that. And then the writer here, you know, as a leader, he gets he gets vulnerable. And I, I really, I appreciate this so much. Where he says, look, we, we need prayer. Like, please, please pray for us. Uh, we, we... We want to have a clear conscience. We desire to live honorably before you. And I need you to pray for me. And they, you know, this sort of, this uh, has echoes of other places where Paul asks, in some of his letters, he asks congregations and individuals to pray for him and to lift him up. And uh, as a leader, I would just, I, I so identify with that, that um, many times, and I, and I feel it more, in these days than I, than I have, uh, there's just an acute sense of it in these days. And I feel it very viscerally that, that we need, leaders need prayer. And so I would, I would identify with that. I would, I would, you know, we, we feel vulnerable, uh, to criticism from others. Um, you know, we, we're vulnerable to pride we're vulnerable to depression. Uh, we're vulnerable and leaders need prayer and, uh, we need to be lifted up, and so I think I think those are that's that's a very that's a very heartfelt, vulnerable verse there from from the writer. And then I love, like I said before, I love these two verses, verse twenty and twenty one, where it just um, you know it's it's may the God of peace, be, you know, through the blood of Jesus, um, that that the the eternal covenant that's been established. Um, through God who brought back Jesus from the dead, who's the great shepherd of the sheep of all of us. He's the one who's over us, caring for us. May he equip you with everything good for doing his will. And may he work in us what is pleasing to him through Jesus Christ. To him be glory forever and ever. Amen. Or so be it. Let it be so. And I think, you know, that's just a kind of a full stop verse this is, you're like, I don't know. I don't know what the will of God is for my life. This is the will of God for your life. To equip you with everything good for doing God's will on earth as it is in heaven. Lord Jesus, your will. Father, your will. Not not my will. And may he work in us what is pleasing to him. How we live and how we function, how we operate with people. That it would be pleasing to him in every way in the grocery store, when you're in your vehicle and the guy in front of you cuts you off and you're like, you're pissed off and ticked off. And that, you know what? Like, you're like, that's strong language, Paul. Yeah, it is because that's reality of I know how many of us feel and then we react out of that emotionally. And it's like, is that pleasing to the Lord Jesus? Right there in that moment. Or, you know, there's there's hundreds, 
thousands of situations where are we asking ourselves, God, would you equip me with everything good I need for doing your will? And would what I do in this situation, would it be pleasing to you, Jesus? Why? Because to you belongs glory forever and ever. Like there's no end to the glory that is due the name of Jesus because of what he's done. He has rescued us, redeemed us. He's he sanctified us by his blood. This is not like, these are not spiritual, theological, heady words. This is, I was dead. I was broken. I was without hope. And now I have Jesus and he changes everything. Everything, the scorecard is totally clean. Everything that was counted against me is gone. And so we live, we're, we're called to live, to please him and to whatever it takes, Jesus, whatever, whatever, whatever may come, whatever may come in these days, Jesus. And so <laughs> I find it interesting, verse 22, because it's like, I don't know about you, but Hebrews doesn't feel like a short letter. And he's like, brothers, I urge you to bear with my word of exhortation for I have written you only a short letter. <laughs> I'm like, he's like, but th- you know, there's some strong words there, right? Like I urge you to bear with my word. Like there's, there's a sense there of like, you need to really wrestle and take this to heart and, and not just put this to the side. There's, there is importance here that we need to receive and internalize. And then he gives some details about Timothy and how uh, he's obviously been released from imprisonment and he wants to, he's going to come and, and see these people soon. And then he says, you know, greet all your leaders and all of God's people. Talks about Italy. Boy, I love those Italians. They sent their greetings. And then he ends. And this is where I'm going to end this podcast and our study on the book of Hebrews. Grace be with you all. Folks, we need grace. We need grace. And we need to have grace for one another in these days. Um, I had an encounter this week, actually. I won't go into it all, but I had an encounter this week on Monday in a store with a gentleman. The Holy Spirit put me in an aisle and there was a, a confrontation about what to happen with him and another lady because he had touched her cart and she was irritated in days of COVID that you had touched someone else's cart. And in the moment, the Holy Spirit led me uh, to just say, we need to have grace for one another. And uh, without going too much into it, it was an incredible Holy Spirit encounter. I was able to minister to that man. I was able to pray for him and bless him. And uh, it was, it was powerful. And I was, I was really touched. I was, I was so touched that the Holy Spirit put me in that aisle and in that store to be his minister to people. And, uh, and, and it, and it reminded me in the moment, like it was just in the moment. It was, you know, when, when Jesus says, I'll give you the words to speak in the moment, I just knew in that moment that the words that we needed to hear was we need to have grace for one another. And that's, it was those words that opened the door to the conversation that I had with this gentleman and the opportunity to pray for him and talk to him about Jesus. And it really impacted me. We need to have grace in these days. 
grace. And so grace be with you all, folks. Grace, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the abundance of his grace be on you and with you and flowing through you. He is enough. He is enough for us. He is our great high priest. He's greater than the angels. He's greater than Moses. He is he, he's greater than everything. He's greater than Melchizedek. He's, he is greater than the old covenant. Jesus is greater. And so, like the writer of Hebrews, we look to Jesus. We fix our eyes and our thoughts on him in these days. And we walk in his grace as instruments of it. Blessings to you all. Not sure yet where we're going to go uh, next in this podcast, but uh, trusting that the Lord will lead us and looking forward to being back with you soon. Have a, uh, wherever you are, whatever you're doing right now, pray that the Lord's blessing on you until we meet again. Mm-hmm.